Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Mama thinks that my brother and I grew up without grandparents. Because it's normal for grandchildren to call their grandparents and ask them how they are, and neither of us do. When my parents decided to bring us to New Zealand, I was 11 years old, an age when children tend to establish a sense of independence from their family by turning towards their friends and idols and adopting some of their values. Leaving Romania interrupted this movement towards rebellion, or, or at least delayed it. As the only Romanian at my school in Ellerslie, I encountered myself as already peculiar. I spoke with a pseudo-American accent, I wrote cursive instead of block letters, and when Mrs. Glennie picked me to answer one of her questions, it was reflex that made me stand right up from my plastic chair. She later whispered to me that I didn't need to do that. None of my classmates knew about Romania, except that it was something like Rome or like Russia, and around that time, the only mention of it in New Zealand media pertained to the struggle of one Alana Cleland from New Plymouth to adopt and raise a Romanian orphan named Yanni. Like any child dropped in the middle of a new classroom and culture, I was overwhelmed by the differences from my previous life. The teachers insisted that we wear these gaudy red sun hats, and everyone ran around in bare feet and called each other, Oi! which in Romanian means sheep. This was the Kiwi way, and this was what I needed to adapt to. I learned to fit in by copying behaviors, even unsavory tics like swearing for no good reason. I remember Mrs. Glennie pulling me into the room one lunchtime to tell me that bastard was not a good word to use. After 3 p.m. every day, I needed our rented damp unit that Mama and Tata had found near a power pylon in Mount Wellington to be a kind of manger. At home, Mama cooked us chorbe and tokanice, sour chowders and stews, using the recipes that she had learned from her mother, who I call Mamae. We spoke Romanian, but within weeks I started forgetting simple words and replacing them with English verbs. English seemed to rush in like a helpful tide whenever I needed it. After a while, it became easier to think and speak in English rather than in Romanian, and this fact allowed me to further forge an identity separate from the frame that Mama and Tata had provided for me. A sense of independence? Check. Little did I know that this identity would do much more than satisfy my adolescent whim to distance myself from my parents. If I would have known its cost, I would have tempered the enthusiasm with which I immersed myself into my sliver of Kiwi culture. 
Mama and Tata planned for us to return to Romania every year to visit Mamae and Tata's mother, Bunica, but all we could afford for years after we moved were phone calls in the evening or early morning. I don't remember what I told my grandmothers over the phone, probably stories about what school was like or complaints about how temperamental Auckland weather was, but at least at the beginning, the conversations had to be kept short to make sure the phone got back around to my parents so they could finish discussing their adult matters before the money on the phone card ran out. I like to think that during childhood, when my parents built the person I would become, Mamaya and Bunica acted like the external scaffolding. Mamaya was there to hold me by the hand and walk me to school while my parents were at work. And when I would arrive home, she would be lolling a ladle through a steaming pot of soup, telling me to wash my hands, then sit down. Mamaya frequently wore an apron over a dark or beige skirt, even when she perched on the couch transfixed by a drama on TV. My brother and I spent at least one month every summer with Bunica, who lived over 150 kilometers away in the Transylvanian countryside. There, we played in her concrete courtyard and ate her cheesy tarts and slices of fresh bread with dolloped rosehip preserve. Bunica watched over us from a green bench on the side or from behind the mosquito net stretched over her living room window. I can't think of my grandmothers without thinking about food, about the sound of plates shuffling over the sun-faded fruit shapes on our placemats, about the curt glances followed by the question, My vrai? Do you want some more? That question rings in my head now, but no one is asking it. It is an echo, a memory that persists because now, 17 years after moving to New Zealand, my answer reverberates every time I am reminded of Mamaya and Bunica. They are both in their late 80s. I imagine them sitting in their apartments a hemisphere away, watching television through their glasses. Next to the television set are a few framed photos of Mama and Tata, and of my brother and I. We are teenagers in one, adults in another, both of us standing with our wives. Mamaya and Bunica are alone, clutching a cushion or an armrest, thinking about how we all are. I know the image is sentimental, but my grandmothers have so many moments of quiet in their day that I doubt such wistful imaginings are far from the truth. I have visited them three times since we immigrated. Once with my parents, ten years after. Then, the year after that, I went by myself. The third time, I made the 40-hour trip with my then-fiancé, now-wife, Megan. Neither Mamaya nor Bunica ever failed to remark how tall I had grown, and I never failed to notice the tulip lean of their bodies. However long I stayed, they always made sure I left with a full stomach. I have never called my grandmothers out of my own volition. For years, I simply sat on the couch and waited for Mama to hand me the phone. After I moved out, I still only contacted Mamaya and Bunica when Mama or Tata handed me the receiver at their house. It is only after moving further away, an hour's flight away to Wellington, that I have started to examine why I've always been so reluctant. I'll put it this way. 
If absence makes the heart grow fonder, then my fond heart is divided. I want to connect with my grandmothers, to both grant them the simple pleasure of hearing their grandson and learn of my heritage and roots. But I also want to keep my grandmothers removed from knowing how much I've changed. I'm writing about them in English, a language foreign to the way they comprehend me. It is a language I am comfortable in, yet I am ashamed of the price I pay for that comfort, the swallowing of more than just my native tongue. And yet I can imagine it. They would laugh. They would be honored that I wrote about them. And maybe later they would tell me that I should be writing in Romanian so that I don't forget limba materna, my maternal language. But then something else would also be there, something that neither they nor I would be able to name and thus would feel like an absence, a hollowing out of everything once considered mundane, now considered precious only because it has been lost. These days, when I fly up to Auckland to see Mama and Tata, I know I'll also hear Bunika and Mamae. There is a ritual. As we are finishing dinner, Mama looks at the clock. I sink squares of her version of apple pie into my mouth as if I'm plugging a hole. Mama dials a number on her phone. Over the sound of my chewing, I can hear the friendly Kiwi man's voice telling her that she has X dollars and Y minutes of call time remaining. She taps a further 13 digits into the phone. A glance at the screen reveals a number as long as a barcode beginning with 0040, Romania's country code. I swallow and get ready for Mama to thrust the phone my way as soon as she hears Bunica's voice. Alo! Alo, Bunica, Cefac, I say. After a pause, the recognition of my voice merges into hers. Alo, Dragul, Bunica, Cefac. She calls me her dear boy and asks me how I am. Her words travel through the speaker as if she were calling them out from across a field. I tell her I'm good. I tell her about work or university. I tell her about Megan and her work. I tell her variations on the same things every time, but the tone of boredom never enters her reply. When it's my turn to ask how she is, she tells me about the pain in her knees or how she's been cleaning around the apartment. Or if it's winter, she tells me about how she made a fire in her terracotta stove because the TV announced that the temperature will fall to minus 20 degrees later in the day. Although the weather is a conversational platitude, with my grandmothers it is also a diving board into their well-being. They say they feel incoming precipitation in their bones and they tell me these prognoses like augurs divining the future. I listen. Over the years, these phone calls have come to feel like nursing a wound, like I'm holding a fragile branch that was almost lopped off by the storm of time and life. Bunica asks me to tell her more about how I am. I wish I could quickly think of more things to say, but what rushes into my brain is mostly English, and I can feel the muscles in my mouth strain as they chew on the wrong grammar. My Romanian comes out in woefully simple sputters. 
I often feel at a loss in these conversations because I can't reach Bunika where she is, and I can't even talk around what I want to say because the words don't come out fast enough or they have the wrong morphemes glued on. I end up voicing the equivalent of a stick figure drawing, with a sun in the corner and a house below with two windows and a door. This looks nothing like our life. Yet still, Bunika says, Da, da, bine, bine, either not knowing any better or not minding. Maybe she just wants to hear my voice. After all, she didn't get to see me grow into adulthood as much as hear my voice crackle and eventually drop. At the end of the call, Bunika asks me when I'm going to come see her next. I tell her we will try to come soon, or next year. I say these same words each time, as if each time I am erasing a finish line and chalking another one further away. With a practice knot in her voice, she says she hopes she'll still be around. I tell her she will be, because she's strong, and I tell her she should just keep taking care of herself. In reply, she wishes the whole family sanatate, 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 because good health is the most important thing. And I echo these words back, hoping, superstitiously, that they'll stick. Then it's Mamaya's turn. A few years ago, Mama bought her a tablet and taught her how to answer a Skype call. When Mamaya picks up, I wave at the top of her head, her forehead brightened by the window light. Ah, lo Christi, Cefach, ah, Megan Yakolo. Megan is next to me, waving, pulling out a few morsels of Romanian she has learned, like, Buna, Cefach. Mamaya's cheeks lift and her eyes widen. We don't bother to tell her that she has the screen angled in such a way that we can't see her whole face, because it doesn't matter. Mamaya tells us how she's been dusting, or that she just came back from a trip to the pharmacy to pick up a new medicine. I ask her about her latest telenovelas, which start at three in the afternoon each day, and she tells me animatedly how she loves the Indian ones because they are so colorful, and they always show weddings and people being both very happy and very mean to each other. The conversation continues, and I look from Amaya's pixelated forehead to Megan as I'm talking in Romanian and translating parts of what I say or hear to her in English. The family tree has spread across time, space, and cultures. Bunica and Mamaya are the ones with sore limbs and interminable prescriptions. Yet when they speak, I can't help but feel like I'm the branch being held. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.